Song has a longer intro than I thought. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> How I feel about every John Mellencamp Pretty song. Pretty much, yeah. All right, that's about enough of that. Um, but yeah, that kind of encapsulates the American spirit, right? That's what we're gonna do today. Anyway. Yeah, this episode will come out on July 4th. Yeah, it will come out on July 4th. So uh, it's happy almost 4th like we th- planned it that way. <laughs> yeah, actually, quite serendipitous. Um, happy Fourth of July, everybody! Yeah, I hope we're on at the family BBQ and <laughs> just you playing in your car on your way to your family's get together. Drink some beers, light off some fireworks, and suck on some chili dogs. Yeah, suck it on a chili. <laughs> the wor- nobody questioned that lyric. Nobody said, "Hey, John, I- I'm cool with chili dog." <laughs> Suck it on, homie. Son, that's a little. That's a little sus, dude. <laughs> I mean, if you, that's fine. If you want to suck on chili dogs, I just also it's a gross way to eat a chili dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've never sucked <laughs> on a chili dog, and I pray to God I never will. Yep, because <laughs> that just sounds fucking disgusting. <laughs> so, but I okay. What what would you say? Eat, snacking on a chili dog? That's not memorable. No, I guess not. Yeah, sucking definitely drives the point home. Yeah. <laughs> it paints a picture. <laughs> sucking on a chili dog. I actually, I believe it or not, I can't believe we haven't talked about that lyric before. <laughs> yeah. It's it might be the most unhinged lyric I've ever it really heard. Is. <laughs> and he doesn't say it like, you know, sucking on he's like, sucking on a chili. Like he really hits it. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I don't know if he was proud of it, like is that is that something somebody used to say like i have so many questions about it uh yeah i don't know that's uh you're right though i can't believe we haven't talked about that before because that's unhinged yeah he also said behind the tasty freeze is that what he says yeah on uh-huh. a chili dog behind the taste yeah you're not in front of the restaurant <laughs> is it just a big euphemism for gay sex I because th- you're behind the tasty freeze <laughs> he found this chili dog in the tasty freeze dumpster and that's what he's sucking on <laughs> Yeah, that song's just about him being, like, dirt poor and, like, addicted to drugs. <laughs> totally different image. Uh, he had to prostitute himself for some chili dogs. Dogs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Is John, is John Cougar Mellencamp still alive? I think so. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'll write him an email. Okay. <laughs> I'll get him on the horn. Uh, but yeah, anyways, welcome back, guys. Welcome to the Vinyl Frontier, 4th of July edition. Um, so really to start things out, before we get too far, well, before we get too far, I'm thirsty, so I think we need to hear what you're drinking. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. There Burst. we go. All right, let's get into it. Today, we, okay. You know what? No, they don't need to know. Uh, today, Mitchell, I am drinking, as you may have ascertained, I'm drinking a Guinness. Nice. Out of the can with the widget. It's the only way to drink Guinness at home. If you're drinking now the bottle, you're doing it wrong. I mean, don't turn down a Guinness. Right. But 
you know, make better choices. <laughs> um, I ended up finding an eight pack of these down at the new UDF that just opened up down the road. Oh, nice. And it might be the nicest gas station I've ever been in. Really? <laughs> they have a cafe, a lounge, a pretty much full blown restaurant and ice cream. Dang. Yeah. It's fancy. <laughs> it is fancy as fuck, dude. You walk up to the beer cave and you don't have to open the door. It's automatic. It goes, oh, and opens for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, Charlotte really wanted to go to this UDF that just opened. She was really excited about it. And we went, and not only did we get stuff, we just walked around this UDF with way too many people in it. Apparently, all of Kettering, Ohio, was very excited about this UDF. <laughs> Um, but it was just super funny to see her go in there and just, she just had this look of like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> like, just blown away by the, the, the quality of this UDF. And, and honestly, it was really nice. So yeah. I'm really excited to take you there. The next I, time I am excited to go and I'm, and I'm not even joking. Like that sounds like a blast. I would love to check it out. I'm a fan of UDF. I mean, they have that who, what gas station has like the best ice cream around? Like that just doesn't exist. I will say that the UDF ice cream is surprisingly good for how little you think about it. Right. <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, damn. And it kind of makes you go, we should get UDF more. And yeah. you never do. Um, Cause you're getting ice cream at a gas station. Exactly. But- well, I mean, that's like, that was the weirdest thing when I moved to Cincinnati and found out about them, I was like, Oh, you can get gas here. What, what do they call it? UDF. What's that stand for? United dairy farmers at a gas station what's what's the crossover here what am i missing <laughs> what am i missing yeah what am, what am i not seeing in this picture right. do they get the gas from the cows i don't just chopped up cow parts like what what's going on yeah um but yeah so well um i i am drinking again so i'm gonna take a swig nothing new here oh man ain't nothing like a bit of the black <laughs> beautiful beautiful it's it, dude i don't know it, it's my favorite beer it just is i and i don't even know why i don't even know why it's cold i i <sighs> what was that <laughs> i i just love it so much and i just can't describe it i i think that i i'm it's not that i am an alcoholic it's just that i will never not drink it right sure. so it's just part of i come with it so, you know, like it comes with me. So it's a package deal. If if you are my friend or a loved one, I'm I'm drinking Guinness, you're gonna have to deal with it. Should I drink it? Probably not. But I will. Yeah. I no, wanna be ninety five drinking a Guinness. <laughs> that's fair, man. No, me and Erica went to that uh Irish pub a couple weeks ago, uh, that we took you to that one time. We love going there, man. It's awesome. Yeah, and, I actually really like that place. Yeah. Yeah, and as we've talked about, Erica's the Guinness drinker in the household. I'm more of just a whiskey girl. Um I'll go up and uh, <laughs> <laughs> order order their whiskey um but she had a guinness and i i know i always have some of hers and i have one sip and i'm like you know what that's pretty good i don't think i want any more though like and it's refreshing it is and i think that's part of it it's so cold and to me the reason i think i don't like it more is that i don't think it really has a taste it tastes like bitter water so maybe that's why you like it so much is because it just tastes like water to you <laughs> It's, yeah, it's as natural as drinking from the well. <laughs> yeah, right. It, uh, I drink it like water. That's for sure. Uh, no, it it has like a hard. It, it I think it has a lot of barley. 
mm-hmm. which a lot of beers don't. And I think it's a it's it definitely not a hoppy flavored beer. Right. Um, and that might be one of the way, reasons I like it, too, because as much as I've come around the corner on IPAs, every now and then I just don't want that hoppy, skunky flavor mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's always refreshing. But, yeah. So uh, what about you, Mitch? What are you drinking? I know you're going light today, but yeah, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going light today. Um, so this is actually the same beer I was sipping on in our uh, previous episode, the baseball dugout episode. Um, so don't judge me too harshly. And it's also pretty warm because of that. But um, <laughs> I'm only about halfway through. But this one I think you're going to be excited about. This is a new one I stumbled across in the uh, liquor store called Garage Beer. Um, and it basically is a, uh, lager, uh, that tastes exactly like every lager you've ever had. Um, but from like a small batch craft brewery. Um, and that's their whole thing. They wanted to be like a small batch brewery that made Miller light. Um, it doesn't taste anything extra than Miller or Bud Light. It actually says on the can beer flavored beer. (laughs) <laughs> which I think is hilarious. That's funny. Um, That's the, yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> uh, and I just picked it out because it was, you know, number one, it was cheap. They're not trying to charge twice the amount you would for Miller Lite. So it, yeah, it was very easy for me to be like, compare Miller Lite and this. I'm like, okay, well, I'll try this. I've never had it before. It's pretty much the same price. Um, and then I liked this. I read the can. It says, this is the side of the can where beer brands tell their story, but we thought you would rather just drink beer with your buddies. Garage beer is light, refreshing, and made with the highest quality ingredients. That's it. Keep it light. Cheers. Um, so they know what they're about. It's, uh, you know, it's just a beer. <laughs> uh, I thought you would like it because your, your great idea was to just have a beer can that just said beer or like lager. And that's kind of the closest I've ever found to this. Nothing, you know, the marketing is interesting because it's like, it's minimal, it's minimal, but it's also enough for me to be like, well, that's unique. I'm going to pick that out. Garage See, beer. It's got a cool name. <laughs> exactly. Like that's uh, yeah. Also baseball font. Can't go wrong there. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Easy, easy way to, you know, make me uh, make a, make a decision. Uh, but yeah, no, like that, that was exactly why I had that idea is because we're not used to that. Most beer companies do like really intricate designs and really intricate things. And, you know, that's great, but that's the market. And I just always mm-hmm. thought it would be interesting to just be like beer. Here's yeah. a beer. Here's an IPA. Right. Here's our really strong IPA. Have a good day. <laughs> because at the end of the day, when you want a beer, you just want a beer. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, even beer enthusiasts, I, I mean, I think there, I think there's fatigue in the, uh, in the, in the world of beer. Like, yeah. I just want a beer. Give me a beer that tastes good. I don't care what's in it. I don't care what you do. I don't care about the – just give me a beer that's good. I'm tired Ooh. of thinking so hard about, do I like Hefeweizens? Like, right. I don't want to think that hard. Like, just, give me, <laughs> just give me a fucking beer I like. I think uh, I think it's Kyle Kinane. He has a bit where he, like, goes into a bar, and he's looking at the big list of, like, craft beers and IPAs, and he's asking, like, the bartender. He's like, oh, what is this one like? And he's like, oh, it's drinkability is top-notch. <laughs> the really good drinkability. He uses the word drinkability, drinkability. <laughs> to, to describe a beer, and he's like, I fucking hope it's drinkable. Yeah, are there some that aren't? <laughs> I think that's called so, paint, sir. Yeah, it's just pretentious, and I like and I like a non-pretentious beer. So yeah, yeah, yeah never hurts. And it's good. It's it's crisp and refreshing. Perfect for this Fourth of July. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Perfect. Yeah, uh, how to be more patriotic? Patriotic. Drink a beer from Ireland. That's my <laughs> right. <laughs> I do. Th- I do think foreign countries do beer better than we do. 
Yeah. I think. Because uh, what's the American beer? Budweiser? Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Budweiser. But, it, I mean, it's not good. Right. Well, I mean, and we talked about this before, too. Budweiser is a recipe stolen from Germany. Budweiser, that's a pretty fucking German oh, name. Budweiser. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that, too. So, we really, we're, we're, we're at the bottom of the list. We're at the bottom yeah. of the power rankings for beer right. in the world. <laughs> um, but, you know, what's weird. When I go to these places like uh, the Irish pub I went to, um, I prefer, I still prefer bourbon over like uh, scotch whiskey and Jameson. Um, so Erica orders her Guinness every time and I order a bourbon whiskey every time. I don't get it, but. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And, we, and we've had this conversation, but yeah, it's probably because I haven't been exposed to bourbon enough, but I'm just more of like an Irish whiskey. I don't even really like normal whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a big Irish whiskey guy. Um, just because if I'm going to drink, if I'm in a situation where I'm going to drink whiskey, Chances are I'm just kind of wanting to get fucked up, yeah. and Irish whiskey definitely will do that for you. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, welcome back to the podcast, Final Frontier. Here we go. I have some questions that I have to answer. So um, as you know, we're not on Earth. Uh, we are in our spaceship uh, in space recording the podcast. As we shift through the universe for anything mildly interesting in music to talk about. <laughs> Um, but there were some questions about the, uh, the, uh, well, one, the legitimacy of us being in space, which I understand the skepticism, but you know, don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's our business. We got the right permits. (laughs) If Elon Musk can do it, we could do it. If Jeff Bezos can go to space. Okay. We can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we made more money off two friends through questions than you thought. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Joke's on you. We made a killing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I so uh, Kevin, shout out to Kevin, uh, had quite a few questions about the logistics of the ship because uh, at the end of the episode, we get beamed up, but we're already on the ship. We're... He, it's a little confusing, so I decided to go ahead and explain what's happening. So first off, Kevin asked the name of the ship. Uh, it's open for interpretation. If you have any p- input, feel free. Uh, we did forget to paint the name on the side, so maybe now's the maybe we'll do that today. Um, I, I personally feel like in my brain, I always called it the SS Knuckleball. Yeah, that's what I've been calling it too, actually. Yeah, so there you go. Um, we're not Scotty gets no vote. Yeah. Um. So SS Knuckleball. Yeah. There we go. There it is. All yeah. Right. Well, well, Scotty, can you paint that on the side of the ship for us? I think we should open up, open it up to our Patreon. Speaking of the money we made on uh, two friends, two three friends questions. Three. Um. I think highest bidder gets to name it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah. I tell you what. As it stands right now, we're gonna stick with SS Knuckleball. If anybody has any better options, please go ahead and reach out and let Absolutely, us know. Absolutely, man. Jet fuel ain't cheap, so yeah, yeah. yeah. G- give us a donation, and we'll let you pick the name. It's gonna the, the SS Chungalingus. Bodie McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface. Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh God. That was. Do you remember the Mountain Dew flavor? That was one from that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Hitler didn't. It, yeah, there was. Uh, oh God, there's another good one. I think one was like Grandpa testicles, just something really <laughs> out there. 
Cause yeah, I think I think I think it was Mountain Dew. Like they wanted to name a new flavor, and they opened it up, and yeah, people. I think everyone voted for Hitler. Did nothing wrong, <laughs> which fantastic. is really yeah. yeah. You got to know better, man. Yeah, absolutely. Can't open it up like that. <laughs> no, no way. Um, so here's basically what happens. Okay, so on whatever day we're recording, okay, Scotty actually will beam us into the ship. Scotty's already in space. He'll beam us up into the ship to do the podcast. But here's the thing. When you're around Scotty, all he talks about is Latin jazz fusion. We've kind of established that. He just he doesn't shut up about it. And I appreciate it as a, as a musical genre. It's just he's so long-winded about it. And he kind of has a tendency to tell the same stories over and over again. God love the guy. And I, I just – really what, what we do is we have a small two-man – aircraft that comes out of the bottom of the ship a la star wars i know we're mixing up our references (laughs) but a small little two-man ship comes out a little bottom of the ship and that's where we are and we just kind of float just just a little uh, how do you measure distance in space because i was gonna say miles and i don't think that that's how space works Uh, it's probably knots right knots would make sense yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good we should look that up that's a good (laughs) scotty can you look that up um I mean, that sounded like an educated guess, right? Like, that sounds right. I would put more, <laughs> way more money on knots than miles, for sure. For sure. Um, but then What's we light ca- years? Light years <laughs> is a measure of distance, actually. So there you go. Wait, no, is light year? I'm thinking of parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what a parsec is. <laughs> Which, no, I think parsecs are real. So from Star Wars, when it's like the Millennium Falcon did the Kessel Run in 13 parsecs. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's a measure of distance, <laughs> not times. A parsec is a measure of distance to the center of a black hole. Gotcha. So, well, I, all I'm saying is, judging by the questions that I have on this, I'm so glad, glad we have Scotty. So. Yeah, Scott, I, I, I got, what a great intern, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, we bought the ship. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't know where we were going, and he figured it all out. He knows how to fly it, how to land it, how to use a, a you know, a, a transportation beam, which I mean, I think is our intellectual proprietary uh, property, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that exists anywhere mm-hmm. else. So, yeah. I mean, God love him. I mean, he does do a lot of work. It's just he won't shut up about Carlos Santana, and it just gets <laughs> just gets old. Um. But we, we flow down our little two-man craft just because we want the privacy. We soundproof the two-man craft. That's why the podcast sounds so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we're in the big ship, honestly, there's not a lot of furniture in there. Uh, Scotty kind of, I think, uses it as his bachelor pad. It, is, you know, it just doesn't sound good. It sounds like we're talking in a tin can. So we float out in this little two-man craft. We do the episode. Our time is precious and valuable, so instead of trying to fly back and then get tractor beamed up, we just have them beam us back to the ship, and then we we pretty much floor it home mm-hmm. and let Scotty figure out our little two man ship. And uh, yeah, that's how we record the podcast. And then we get we get beamed up back into the ship. He hits the hyperdrive. We get back close to Earth, and then he just beams us back to Earth. So that's Scotty does do a lot of beaming. Mm-hmm. He's beaming, and he's working the tractor beam, getting the the little two man craft back up in there. So. Yeah. So that's why we don't have guests. It's only a two-man craft. There's only enough oxygen for two people. Absolutely. <laughs> so t- stop trying to p- put plot holes in our story because <laughs> yeah, we're that's legit. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. It's not you know. I mean you know. I, I I guess I guess we could have explored the behind the scenes. I guess it was a bigger deal 
to some people than I thought it would be that we bought a spaceship and have a man who operates it. Um, so, you know, but yeah, that's, that, that's what we do here on the SS knuckleball. All right. That's how it goes down. That's how the sausage gets made. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain there. Yeah. A little yeah. peek behind the curtain, but, um, so yeah, there you go, Kevin. I hope we, and we answered your questions. Where do we keep the dilithium tanks? You, quite frankly, it's a business secret. Okay. Our, our dilithium and trilithium, I remember the elements of Star Trek. I don't remember. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna really go like into a super deep, nerdy explanation, but then I didn't have... I didn't feel like researching it enough to sound like I, <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was talking about. So, uh, but yeah, there you go. Um, all right, Mitch, it is the 4th of July. 4th of July, we're going to talk about America. Yeah, you guessed it, baby. What else? What what else to talk about except on the 4th of July? So we have a few albums that we want to talk about. I, I think the best way to set this up is like your initial idea and my additional initial idea was kind of similar. It was like, let's talk about like Americana music kind of vibe, you know? But I thought what would be interesting is why don't I pick three albums, you pick three albums that like represent america but maybe like not in a good way maybe in a loose way maybe just basically like kind of when you think america and you think of music what what's going to kind of come to mind mm-hmm. um but i do think we stared away from fairly stereotypical answers i think we went really definitely subjective and picked mm-hmm. from our own brain yeah absolutely because one of the reasons i wanted to talk about this is because pretty much uh i used to have and i still kind of do um like a fourth of july playlist like strictly songs about like america it's got a lot of bruce springsteen Mellencamp, songs that when you hear you're like fuck yeah goddamn i'm glad to be an american this is awesome yeah like chili dogs a, baseball yeah, su- <laughs> suck it on a chili dog you know the most american Fireworks. thing you can do absolutely so um and and I wanted to kind of like devote an episode to that because that's a cool uh, kind of subset of, of music. But um, well, for me personally, anyway, um, I kind of I'm, I'm going to steer away from that because it's a little cliche to for me anyway, uh, to to talk about Bruce Springsteen again. He's a goddamn national treasure. Absolutely. We all know that. Um, but there this episode will feature none of that um this is for so so for me anyway i picked out basically three albums that were kind of recorded in the past couple of years so i'm gonna stick to some new music um and for me when i think about uh patriotic or american type music written in the past couple years um my answers are going to be pretty much alt country um, because I think that uh, a lot of alt country music nowadays is uh, writing lyrics that uh, kind of align with my political ideologies, but also um, uh, I resonate with. I'm rambling. You were saying? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, you're good. I did maybe tune you out a little bit. Which I tuned myself out. So. Well, the, the, alt, the alt country. Yeah, I stopped listening to me. Um, the old country thing is, uh, is interesting kind of, kind of, I don't want to say a surprise pick, but, um, one I probably wouldn't have made, but it makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about them. So I, I think we should, cause I, I think what I'm trying to establish is each record pick we're going to have is going to have a, like a certain reason. So mm-hmm. I tell you what, I'll go first. How about okay, that? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. We'll get into it. I'm going to go first. I'm going to start with the most well i'm gonna start with a cliche pick 
So I picked this one sheerly based on when I think about like American music, like true red-blooded American music. I had one album that I would definitely put on, and I I I don't even know if this is a good album, uh, but. It resonates the best. So I pick Steve Miller Band's Book of Dreams. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know if it's because my last name is also Miller, but <laughs> God, I love Steve Miller. Um, I just do. I Once again, I don't even know if this is a good Steve Miller album. All I know is that it has Jet Airliner, which is one of my favorite Steve Miller songs, and Jungle Love. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of his most popular albums, I think. I would like to think so. Um, I think it has another song that I remember maybe not being as popular, but still being popular. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, Steve Miller, uh, Book of Dreams. I I think this was this was the cliche pick. This was like the Mellon Camps, the CCR, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, American driving in the Midwest music. Yeah. And God damn, I love Jet Airliner. It's yeah, a oh, fucking yeah. bop. One of my favorite songs to this day. Um, and just look at this fucking <laughs> laser space horse, dude. This, th- I mean, I'm not going to lie. I fuck with it hard, dude. It's oh, not yeah. a unicorn. Does not have a horn. Does have wings of rainbows, though. And I just think that's pretty fucking American, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Ride that into the fucking line at the DMV. <laughs> It's a pretty American thing to do. Listen to Jungle Love on my way to the DMV. <laughs> Waste my time. Uh, but yeah, other than that, not very deep. This was this was my most shallow pick. Right on. Okay. Um, so I will go into my first pick, which is not a shallow pick at all. Um, so try to bridge the gap here. The first one I picked out is um, The Drive-By Truckers, The New OK. Um, so this was an album um, from 2020. It was written at the height of the pandemic. Um, uh, it's uh, First off, the album cover is absolutely amazing. It's basically, it's yeah, kind of like hard that. to tell, but it's basically a grave. And then there are these two creepy looking trees um vining up the side of the grave and then there's these cats and like an owl and then someone spray painted blm on the grave um so this is a very punk rock in your face album cover by a very punk rock country band um, right right right. i yeah. fucking dig the drive-by truckers because and i think you would too if you're not a fan they're an alt country band but at the root of it all they are a fucking punk band um yeah. It doesn't always sound like that, but their lyrics, um, definitely so. Um, one of the things I love so much about the Drive-By Truckers, besides the fact that Jason Isbell was a big part of their band in the beginning, um, before he split off and did his own thing, um, they've never they've never shied away from their political leanings and one of the themes that they always write about is um, their struggles with being considered a country band from the South. Um, right. Conflicting with their ideologies um and and i think that's really interesting um and it makes some it it makes for some really fucking punk rock uh serious uh album topics um they have a song on this uh a few songs on this album that i'll highlight um they have a song called sarah's flame which is basically just about in their words the batshit policies of sarah palin (laughs) uh that's awesome they have a song called perilous night um where the 
it, the the song is just kind of filled with this really awesome imagery of uh, war and riots breaking out. Um, I'm going to read you some of the lyrics um, from it just because I think they're worth mentioning. Um, so here it is. Dumb, white, and angry with their cup half filled, running over people down in Charlottesville. White House Fury, it's the killing side. He defends. Defend the upender. Yes, he played that tune. It ain't the ending, but it's coming soon. We're making love beneath, beneath a Sputnik moon again. White House is glowing from the red square light. The gates at the border being slammed down tight. We're moving into the perilous night, my friend. How fucking badass is that? Damn. That's... that's- <laughs> That's pretty heavy shit. That's yeah. pretty that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I I think everything you've said so far is the amount of knowledge I have for the drive-by truckers, but this has kind of cuz I remember when they kind of like well, I don't want to say blew up cuz they're mm-hmm. not that popular, but right. when they when they they got kind of big. They mm-hmm. they broke a little bit. Um definitely makes me want to go back and like uh listen to that. I know I have not listened to that album. So that mm-hmm. actually really makes me want to go back because yeah that's a really weird space to be in even being an alt country band to be in an arena where it's like yeah that doesn't the the traditional vibe does not align with our ideology and that Mm -hmm. and that's a lot because you're going to have a certain group of people demographics are a thing you know it's not stereotyping it's Mm -hmm. just demographic information you're going to have a certain type of people that are going to buy your re- or be interested in the sound of your music but right. what you're saying is you know pretty in your face politically and it's mm-hmm. definitely going to bump up against that crowd so that's that's I'm that takes that takes a lot of fucking courage i'm i think that's really cool yeah it's cool and this album in particular um i think you might like it because the album closes with the cover of the ramones the kkk took my baby away oh Um, yeah and they do a really good job of it so um yeah that's that's kind of my you know skipping ahead to the end a little bit um my my overall theme here is basically why i like this album so much it's um it's from a kind of negative standpoint of you know criticizing the u.s but in kind of a hopeful way um right and so that's why i consider this patriotic because they're very political and calling out the problems that we face as americans and hoping to bring about some change so yeah no 100 percent. i think one of the most patriotic things you could do is criticize or hold your government slash country accountable Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's different ways of doing that. Like taking over the government may not necessarily be what I'm saying, right. but I, <laughs> I think, I, I definitely think standing up for what you believe in and, you know, demanding accountability and justice from mm-hmm. the powers that be is right. an American thing to do. Yeah. I, th- I think, um, yeah. okay, well I'm going to, I'm saving my leash, my, my most impactful pick for last. Okay. So that that was that was a really good one. <laughs> I have one of those, just not yet. Okay, sick, sick, sick. Okay. <laughs> so um okay, so my second pick is one that definitely I think is Americana music, but I don't know enough about this person that I could really sound like an idiot. But okay. to me, <laughs> I've all when I think of America, I think of this album in particular. It is one of my favorite albums and it is Jackson Brown's running on empty oh nice okay cool so 
I have a lot of like core memories tied to this album. Um, but like, let me just read the 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 tracks on this. Okay, running on empty, uh, the road, Rosie, you love the thunder and cocaine. <laughs> Don't get much more America, man. You know what I mean? Uh, but no, I just always thought Jackson Brown had a sound that was American. I hope he's from America, or I'm going to sound like an idiot. <laughs> I really am. I really fucking am. Um, but I just think it comes down to, uh, you know what it is? It's Forrest Gump. It's Forrest Gump yeah. running across the western United States to running on empty, and the album cover, you know, is, you know, the, the drum set in front of the uh, projection <laughs> of, he's not American, is he? <laughs> uh, born October 9th, 1948 in Heidelberg, Germany. <laughs> He's fucking German. God damn it. All right. Well, you don't don't say it like that. <laughs> well, tr- well, well, true. Yeah. I guess just of all the countries, Germany's a pretty that, funny one. I mean, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I 100% did not know that. Um, but, you know, I think... It, it, <laughs> Yeah, really the main reason for this pick is Forrest Gump. Let me just be honest. Yeah. No, <laughs> but- and I completely get there. Get that. Uh, before I uh, started uh, doing research for this podcast, I got in the zone by listening to uh, revisiting a Spotify playlist I used to listen to a lot called uh, Flying Over Vietnam in a Helicopter. <laughs> and that's a big inspiration for a lot of these. this gotcha. music. Is it just Fortunate Son over and it's, over again? It starts with Fortunate Son. It's a lot of that. It's some Hendrix. It's some Stones. It's a lot of CCR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles. Well, and, and that's kind of this pick, but I think, it, okay, so this is my second most shallow pick, but let me let me get into the meat a little sure. bit. Because, so a big part of the United States that I have never been to, that I really do want to go to before I die, is the West. I have not been Ooh. in the West, and some of those shots in Forrest Gump with the jogging scene are absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but what my, one of my favorite parts about it's it's cheesy, it's cliche, I get it, but it is a little bit of a love letter to America. Yeah, seeing absolutely. him run across all these locations, uh, him out in the desert with with running on empty, going. I mean, like, yeah. I've never even been out west. I haven't been further than uh, fucking. I, out of Ohio and Kentucky and Tennessee, whatever jets out to the West the most. Mm-hmm. That's as far West as I've been. <laughs> I've never been out West, but it is such a cool part of America. And it's a part of our country that uh, at times, I don't want to say ignored. That sounds kind of weird, but you know, everybody from other country knows about New York. They know about Los mm-hmm. Angeles. They know about Florida they know about Washington yeah. you know they know those areas but they don't really know like it, it, it I think it's the most beautiful part of the country absolutely yeah lavish a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah overlooked uh but yeah like you said Utah I've heard so many cool things about awesome state parks in Utah where there's deserts but also yeah um, forests like geysers and shit they have everything yeah so so yeah so it it's a it, it's obviously i did not know jackson brown was from germany so i feel <laughs> like I'm in the th- don't feel like that i mean he wrote some i completely agree with you that reminds me of just the classic american music <laughs> this guy loves america and i'm i would venture to say he probably grew up in america probably i didn't read that far into yeah. wikipedia <laughs> um but i do i do think he kind of tapped in uh 
I can't separate running on empty from Forrest Gump. And yeah. and it's just that scene makes you want to get in a car and drive out west and just explore the country. And that, to me, is to me that's America. Yeah, right. We have a very large country that we should explore. Yeah, totally. So apparently um, he was born in Germany, but that is because his dad was an American, a U.S. serviceman. So boom, there you go. Brought it back. <laughs> I knew I made a good pick. I knew it. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I, I had to say that. So Well, I, I almost picked a Who album, but then I was like, they're not American. Yeah. As much as we love them, they're not American. So I, I guess it doesn't matter that part because hey, we're the yeah. cult, we're the mixing pot, man. E pluribus unum. It doesn't matter if you're exactly. not from America. You're, you're still American. That's kind of what I'm getting at with the Jackson Brown thing. I just <laughs> didn't put it together very well. <laughs> so I like how you did. So Mitch was so fucking unprepared today. I just I gotta I gotta be honest. He did this shit in like 20 minutes. I had a whole day to do what i and i still put in less work than bitch well i don't know if that because i also had a full day to do it um i just kind of neglected to until 11 o'clock this morning when i frantically called you and i was like what do i do what are we doing (laughs) i literally our phone call literally went like hey man i have a half hour till we start recording what should i work on um yeah what should i do with that, which that was funny. That that felt more like an Eli phone call because I just thought I assumed something came up and you're like, oh, I can't record today. We'll do this. And I was like, yeah, sure. But then you were like, so what am I doing? And I was like, well, fucking really, dude? I texted you like two days ago. Come on. No, it felt like I was uh, uh, I got busted. Like, oh, I got this test coming up tomorrow. Yeah, it's fine. I'll stay right. for it. It felt like college again. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. But yeah, no, still you, you have a slightly more insight picks than I, but <laughs> my third one will be a little bit more heavy so okay um but yeah what do you got next match Alrighty, so next I wanted to talk about an album that I've definitely talked about before on the podcast but um it rings true um and so don't crucify me I don't actually own this on vinyl yet I probably will um I just have yet to pick it up um but I'm going to talk about it anyway um is the Wilco album album Cruel Country uh, this is an album that came out oh. last year and um, kind of similar to the uh, the Drive-By Truckers. Um, it has some uh, pretty uh, uh, kind of criti- yeah, criticizing uh, aspects about the U.S. But basically um, what I like about this album, number one, name alone, Cruel Country um, is kind of a twofold name. Um, I was reading about this uh, this album 20 minutes before we started recording. And... <laughs> And uh, Jeff Tweedy was talking about um, when they first when he when he first started out in music, he was in this alt country band, Uncle Tupelo, and then they broke up and then he started Wilco and their first album or two albums uh, were some it was basically a country band. Um, So he has some kind of country roots and the rest of his career has been met with like, you know, them struggling with the fact that like, okay, we started out as this country band, but I want to do more than that. I want to do some rock and maybe some psychedelic, but people keep calling us this country band. Um, So this album is kind of wrestling with that. So cruel country, but then also um, again, this album also was written in the height of the pandemic. Um, when everything was going on in our political uh, movement. Um, and he's, it's basically kind of a s- album about America's flaws. So basically his quote was, um, 
this genre provided an ideal space to explore U.S. history because it's the country I love and it's because country music that I love. I feel a responsibility to investigate that mirrored problematic natures. I believe it's important to challenge our affections for the things that are flawed. Um, And that really uh, speaks through this album. He's got a few songs that are kind of tongue-in-cheek about uh, the U.S. patriotic mentality. Um, He's got a song called uh, I Am My Mother, which is about immigration. Uh, Some of the words are, dangerous dreams have been detected, streaming over the southern border, as bad as it seems, it's worse than expected, fleeing through the night corridor. Um, So, yeah, there's, there's, there's some kind of themes all over this album, and in general, I just think it's a really good album that is... Uh, and I've told you before, the first time I listened to it, I kind of hated it because I was wanting them to explore their more rock roots, where that whereas they did the opposite and kind of went back to their country roots and pretty right. much put out the most country album that I've ever heard. But I'm a sucker for all country. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, you definitely have talked about this album both on, the, on and off the podcast. I'm pretty I, sure, I, yeah. I didn't pull the trigger. I, I never, okay. <laughs> yeah, I never queued it up, but I really do want to because I, I find, I find Wilco fascinating, mm-hmm. just because they've been around doing it for a long time. They've done very different albums, and their most popular album, being you know Yankee Fox Foxtrot uh, mm-hmm. Hotel. Uh, what year did that come out? Two thousand one. I think it was. Yeah. Fucking insane. Yeah. Like. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I just I have a lot of questions, you know, when it comes to the Wilco. Mm-hmm. So I definitely need to go back and develop that. No, that's fair. Catalog, and, you know? and honestly, if you do want to go down the Wilco rabbit hole and this is for you and anyone listening, I wouldn't start with Cruel Country <laughs> um, as much uh, as true. I like the album. Yeah, it yeah. is not a uh, because that's my 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 struggle with Wilco is when I'm trying to get someone into them. Every album sounds so different. I kind of have to think, OK, well, what kind of music do you like that? You know, it. I don't know what album to recommend to start with. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot will probably be the one, though. So I just had an epiphany. Okay. About your musical taste. (laughs) So there's three bands that you do not shut up about. And I consider them, from my point of view, to be your favorite bands. Okay. Uh Tell me how good I do. Okay. Wilco, U2, and Weezer. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) So what's interesting about all those bands, okay, is that they've made music for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They have good albums. They have shit albums. Yeah. But every album, they do try something out. Is that? Do you yeah. think that's accurate as a description? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, because U2 mm-hmm. is the one I'm the foggiest on. Wilco, I know their music yeah. a lot better. Weezer, I know their music fairly well. Um, yeah. because I don't really listen to them unless they put out a fairly decent album. Um, mm. So I'm familiar with them. You two I'm the least familiar with just because I've never really enjoyed them all that much. Yeah. But it does seem that you two will... Well, we did the deep dive for Rattle and Hum, man, and I... It, <laughs> it, if, if it wasn't the music, it was just the fact that it did feel like they were trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. I'm not saying they hit like a home run on each mm-hmm. idea they had, but it was interesting. Yeah. And it seems like you're the kind of guy that likes a band that when they drop an album, 
you're just like anxious to know what's going on. What are we doing? What are we trying? And I, I feel like yeah. that's the common thread be- between the three. For I you. can see that for sure, man. Um, well, I, that made me realize like another one of my favorite bands that I don't really talk about that often is uh, the Black Keys. Like I'm sure I've talked to you about oh. the Black Keys before, yeah. but one, I, I, one reason I, you know, as opposed to Wilco, one reason I don't you know, talk about them as much is because they put out like three or four albums in a row that kind of refused to stray from the formula. And that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, their past couple albums, they've kind of tried to grow, but not really in ways that I really, you know, jive with. Um, So yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's interesting because we've talked about it before when you have your, you know, sophomore slump and the subsequent albums after that, it could go either way. You can either try to do the exact same thing again. Right. Or you could try something completely different that still stays true to your band. And I guess I'm overly critical of of their their albums after that, I guess. Well, I I think this just brings me back to my point though. Is you're yeah. right, you're a huge I mean at one point you were like fucking obsessed with Black Keys like <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I like Black Keys too. So I'm I mean I'm Ooh. with you. I totally get it. Um but I definitely tuned out because you're right. There was a few albums back to back that were really the same thing and weren't interesting. And they mm-hmm. and and they what's interesting is Black Keys have acknowledged that. Yeah. Uh which I think is one of the reasons that Dan Arback went out and like, you know, did different things. Mm-hmm. Um What's interesting, though, is that it's still your favorite band. And that's what pisses me off that you love Weezer so much because you will shit on their albums. I'm like, why are they your favorite band, man? (laughs) But I get it, though, because I think that's I think that you find that interesting because even though like like your least favorite Weezer album, there's a song on it that you probably enjoy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's interesting. I think that well, shows a little bit of I mean, maturity on your I could part. ask you the same question. Why are you still a Jets fan? <laughs> oh, true. Well, yes. Have they done well. anything recently to deserve your fanhood? The New York <laughs> no. Jets? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Look, man. There, uh, I, you you want to know why I like the Jets? I'll, I'll give you a metaphor. All right, this is just okay. for you and me. I may cut it. The reason I like the New York Jets is I think if you take every single 30, 32 NFL teams and put them in a dark room, all right, <laughs> the Jets <laughs> are not going to play fair, <laughs> but they're going to make it out alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for they sure. don't even win, but the cops going to come, and you know who's not going to be there? New York Jets, baby. Exactly. <laughs> or they're going to be standing there like, what's wrong, officer? You know, like, we don't know what happened. <laughs> we ain't no snitches, son. There was a guy, there was a special team coach that blatantly tripped somebody on a kick return on the Miami Dolphins. Like, not even an accident. He put his foot out and tripped the fucker. And everybody was calling for his job. And I was like, I think that's kind of fucking cool. Fuck them. What do you think we're doing out here? Um, But sure. No, I, yeah, I... I uh yeah it's a well okay well actually your love of of Weezer is kind of like a it's it's a good sports analogy because they don't always do good <laughs> but you still are there and you're committed and um you know my favorite band being the Foo Fighters I I'm not saying when I listen I don't have a Foo Fighter album I won't listen to I feel Ooh. like there's Weezer albums that you probably haven't heard since it came out. Yeah, probably. Okay, okay. Yeah, most so, likely. <laughs> and I've never understood that about you, but I think it finally clicked in my brain that <laughs> there's a part of it that you enjoy. I think there's a part of it that you get 
pleasure from ingesting something, even if you don't like it, but you're very ready to take on the new thing you're doing. Like you don't criticize yeah. it until you hear it. I feel right. Which I have stronger opinions. Like when Weezer did their fucking eighties thing, I was like, fuck off. Like, yeah, don't even bother. And it was bad and it wasn't good. Ooh. I didn't think. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Tangent. <laughs> um, that was your pick. Did you have anything else? Uh, nope. That was about it. Yeah. Uh, we are yeah. back. Now, before we move on, I do want to bring up one thing because I was just talking to my wife and she brought up an argument we had over that Steve Miller album over the song Jet Airliner. I had never known the name of that song when I was a kid. I mean, I've loved this song since the first time I heard it. Okay. I thought he was saying big old Jet out of Lina, like Carolina. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> she thought that was stupid, and then we had an argument because it's not clearly same sure, big old jet yeah. airliner. But I thought it was big old jet out of Lina, and I thought it made sense because I'm like, oh, there's a jet coming out of Carolina. I don't know. I I remember vaguely a music video of him getting on and off jets because that's all <laughs> right. music videos were, you know, at one point and. Um, I thought it was at least mildly <laughs> sensical. She disagreed. And then her little interpretation was Big Old Jet Carolina. And I was like, no, that's not what I said. That's not, no, that's stupid. So we had a big argument. So if you've ever wondered, it is yeah, definitely not yeah, good to that. Know. Uh, no, he, yeah, he, he doesn't yeah. enunciate it very well. I'll give you that. It's easy to mishear. <laughs> yeah, it just, you know, Big Old Jet out of Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but anyway, so I thought it was pretty yeah. funny. But we did, yeah, because we we actually listened to that album not too long ago. It's yeah. a good Steve Miller album. We had fun listening to it. That one and uh, surprisingly, Dire Straits has that one album. I know uh, exactly I which called, one you're talking about. Has, but I can't remember uh, what it's called either. It's got like the steel guitar on the front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like an, yeah. an ethereal blue. That album is actually pretty fun to listen to. Um, they also, I, I probably find a reason, but yeah. they do say the word fat, which I just, <laughs> I'm blown away by still. I don't know. Once again, and that's what's weird. John Mellencamp's over there sucking on a chili dog. Dire Straits is just saying fag. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> this is what really think it, man. <laughs> to be a fly on the wall, eh? All right. Anyways, now we're officially okay. back if I decide to cut that. We'll see. I don't. I don't like saying that word sure. in a recorded format. Um, I'll see how I feel. Uh, anyways, Mitch. Uh, uh, yes, wait, it is my turn because I just talked about Wilco. Yeah. Okay. So I will actually be That's doing sweet. my heaviest pick now, uh, which I think is pretty heavy, and I get to I get to sound <laughs> smart maybe for a little while. Uh, my third pick and my most substantial pick is Brother oh, Ali. I almost picked Morning that one because I have it too. So, yes. So, um, this goes back. This kind of goes back Mm -hmm, a long way for you and me, actually. Um, You were into uh, some people off Rhyme Sayers well before I was. You were into, uh, you like Common Market the most. Did you listen to uh, Dilated People? I wasn't as familiar too? with them. I mean, I, I I knew of a couple songs, but I didn't go down the rabbit hole as much as I did with like Common Market and Blue Scholars. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Scholars. Yeah. 
Um, I forget who is on Rhyme Sayers. Maybe neither of them are, but I know exactly. it's all in that yeah. vein of hip hop. Um, uh, I know Dilated Peoples have uh, did songs with uh, Blues Market. Uh, I, I know that mm-hmm. they've all worked together. Um, because I got kind of on the uh, Brother Ali train, mm-hmm. the Dim Atlas train. Um, well, uh, Jake One, too. Is uh, mm-hmm. Jake One is a part of Rhyme Sayers as well. And I know he's worked with uh, your guys. So this goes back to a time where we had a love of hip-hop in a sort of old school hip hop way, new people doing it. So this kind of goes back a long way. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, and I played you this album. And oh, I, so I had to, Ali. I had to remember, I had, sorry, I Googled it. I don't mean to interrupt, but Rhyme Sayers also had yeah. Atmosphere. No, and at one point, MF Doom. Atmosphere. Yeah. They had MF at Doom point. at one point? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of wild. Huh. That's kind of wild. I didn't know that. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, Morning in America. So um, definitely a pretty strong album cover. He's doing the Muslim prayer Ooh. on the American flag, <laughs> um, which is, that's a thing. That's a that's a way to yeah. get people uncomfortable. Islam in America. Um, this, is, um, this is my heavy pick in the sense of this is an album about America that I don't, you know, I don't think is there to shit on or make it bad i think it's a commentary um i think the parts of this album that i really like is that it talks about a lot of things that are are rough in america poverty um inequality and wages uh Mm -hmm. the prison system um you know young black kids dying for no reason um you know this is uh this is that kind of album and um uh, well, the first the first song is "Letter to My Countrymen," uh, that has a uh, Doctor mm-hmm. uh, Cornell West uh, on it. Um, so definitely, definitely a very different perspective. I kind of I kind of did this because I feel like you have like Steve Miller Band, you know, the seventies America, you know, having a good time <laughs> being white, yeah. and then you have like you know Jackson Brown and running on empty and and kind of a uh, kind of the music you would put on on a road trip you know kind of more mm-hmm. nostalgic happy vibe um then you have this and then you have a guy who is really talking about the problems in America um honorable mentions mm-hmm. to pimp a butterfly i mean i i almost did but i think i think to that the one thing we get wrong about to pimp a butterfly i think it's more uh existential mm-hmm. i think it's an internal struggle a little bit more than a than about yeah. America, I think, with that album. So I didn't want to include that one. And uh, Steppenwolf Monster mm-hmm. would have been in this, but yeah. we've already <laughs> talked about it, so I didn't I didn't want to talk about it again. But yeah, I really think that. Well, one, there's a lot of lyrics because this is a a rap album. Um, but I do think that my favorite parts about it are him talking about police brutality, the prison system, the inequality of pay in America and, um, and, and and just poverty. And I think that it is very easy to be proud to be an American, but you know, I think being a proud American is also acknowledging that Mm -hmm. we're not the best country in the world. We have a lot of flaws. We can do better. And um, I think this album does it in a way that's not preachy. Yeah. It's a little heavy-handed, but I don't think it's preachy. I think it's honest, and I it, I just want people that if if you have a conservative bone in your body to just acknowledge that criticism doesn't mean, you know, 
dislike or hate. Like I will forever criticize my country and the decision it makes because mm-hmm. I, I think we could do better. I will never criticize it to say that it's it's bad or wrong. Or also, does that even matter anymore? Is also a, a, a topic of conversation. But I think this album does a really good job. It's older. I think this came out, God, like 16, 15? I think, uh, I think it's even earlier than that. I, I was it's, actually looking on, I think it's 12. 12? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not new. This, this definitely has been around a minute. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I also like that he's saying all this by, with, with not being a huge giant mm-hmm. rapper. And I think that's important. Also people that's as cliche as it is. Yeah. That's why I love Kendrick Lamar so much. He wrote, you know, he's writing albums that talk about American commentary. I don't right. know why more people don't do it. I, I don't know. One but, of my yeah, favorite so songs by Brother Ali, which I don't even think is on that album, but for a while I was obsessed with it, but it very much fits. Um, the song Uncle Sam, Goddamn. Is that on that album? Oh, yeah, Uncle Sam. Yeah, it is. It not, absolutely it is should not. be because so for a while I was obsessed with it because the lyrics were just so fucking awesome. Basically, it's um, the chorus is welcome to yeah. the United States, land of the thief, home of the home of the slave. Um, and I just always thought yes. that was so fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just brutal. <laughs> yeah. So, br- yeah. Well, well, yeah. No, but that's exactly why I wanted to pick Brother Ali is because I think mm-hmm. he's poignant. I think he's honest. It can be a little yeah. heavy handed, but it's not wrong. Like that lyric right there is a good example of, yeah, that's a little heavy handed, mm-hmm. but it's true. I, I, I think Germany handles the Holocaust yeah. better than we handle slavery. They, they really do actually acknowledge it more than we think. They don't, you know, sweep it under the rug they they've acknowledged it as a country in a way to heal and move on and be a better country and i think as americans mm-hmm. we need to do the same we we have to come to terms with how we were built where we come from and we have to move mm-hmm. on and we have to be better but the only way to do that is by acknowledging it is by being honest as a country and we just don't like to we we really that norman rockwell america that we build up in our heads um is so silly mainly because when people use that term they also forget that norman rockwell wrote uh did multiple paintings in regards to the lynching of black people um and even one of his most famous paintings is the ruby bridges painting um so we we are quite disillusioned even when we use a term like that we still don't even really know enough about the person that we reference in that so I think that's just incredibly indicative of how we just dilute ourselves into thinking yeah. we're the best country in the world. And I think we could be. I think we I think we could be, but we have to actually be honest with ourselves and not dilute ourselves into thinking just because it's mm-hmm. America means it's good. Right. Because that's not the case. Damn. Yeah, that's that was awesome. Yeah. Um Okay, so similar message, um, very different genre. Um, my next uh, pick is pretty much another alt-country, but this one's bordering on folk. I would call this more folk than uh, uh, alt-country. But the uh, album I picked out is a band called His Golden Messenger. 
Um, it's a folk band that had a really popular album that I really got into around like 2016. Um, the album was called Heart Like a Levy. Um, and then I kind of forgot about him for a while. And then I was kind of like, you know, randomly scrolling or whatever. And I think I got reintroduced to them via Spotify or whatever it is. But they had this album that came out in 2021 that was, again, written uh, over the quarantine. Um, and it's got that all, all over it. Um, literally, I mean, if you just look at the album cover, it's um, pretty pretty obvious what they're going for. Um, it's a upside down flag. Um, and then there are 52 uh, stars on the flag. Um, and the reason I know that is because I got this album and it actually came with a little bit of like a... Um, it's not a it's not a handwritten note, but it's like a little note that uh, the guy from uh, oh. uh, his Golden Messenger, his name's MC Taylor, wrote. Um, and it's got a really cool story about kind of like the the making of this album and basically what uh, what he was trying to do with it. And essentially, the long story short is. Um, he was writing this around the same time as um, the Trump presidency, and uh, to be more particular. Um, the watching the insurrection happen on uh, TV was a big inspiration for him writing about this album. And it's filled with imagery of, again, war and riots going on and um, kind of this somber um, uh, kind of messages about like, hey, we, we need to acknowledge that something's going on. Um, basically, what I like about it is... Um, uh, lyrically, it's fantastic. He has a song called Way Back in the Way Back. Um, and some of the lyrics are up with the mountains, down with the system that keeps us in chains, <laughs> hearing our whispering, oh, baby blue sky, building a prison way back in the way back. Um, and it's basically just an album that's completely rife with pretty much every problem that was gone, going on in the U.S. at the time and still to this day. Um, he's got a song called Mighty Dollar, um, which reminds me a lot of the same lyrical content of that. Uh, uh, Brother Ali album um, and I, I, I wanted to read these lyrics too because I think they're important um, let me tell you about it the poor man loses and the rich man wins chasing down that mighty dollar all you got is getting smaller the poor man loses and the rich man wins some lay it down and just die for it if the rough side drags better make it fit some who learn to walk on water others burn to make a dollar uh, that mighty dollar ground beneath that mighty dollar um, I don't know. I just think that's hmm. kind of cool. Um, uh, this wasn't like a really popular album. People didn't really love this album because I, if I'm being honest, I don't like it as much as his first album. Um, but I still think it's really powerful. Ah. Um, and if you haven't hold, heard his golden messenger, uh, I think you should check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard you talk about that band before. Uh, and much like yeah. you, totally forgot about it and never <laughs> listened to him and never gave it a shot. So you definitely, uh, yeah, probably when I post this episode, I'll probably include all Ooh. the albums like in the, in the images, just so that way they're all there. I think that's the best way to do it. So that way, you know, you can really see what yeah. albums we're talking about. Um, but I'm also going to do that to help myself remember. So that way I can go back <laughs> yeah, and totally. actually listen to some of these. Cause as always you, um, you, uh, go deep um yeah no i think that's interesting i think it's i think it's funny i feel like you picked i mean you picked like really creative picks like very very creative picks but it's also interesting because uh, you had kind of the two albums that did 
these things in similar ways mm-hmm. a little bit different but i do love that we picked both uh both albums that had the yeah. american flag on it the reason i say that is just because it's the you could do this so easily. You could pick Ryan oh, yeah. Adams' second album. I don't remember what it was called. Gold. That's got the flag on it. It's a yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Gold, yeah. It's got the Springsteen I did pull this out just in case it got brought Springsteen. up, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what we could bring up, I think there there is one thing about Born in the USA that we could bring up that I think echoes to what I was saying about Morning in America and Dreaming in Color and with that album and really what we're trying to get at is Born in the USA is not a mm-hmm. pro-American song. Right. Well, it's not an anti-American song, but it's definitely right. a commentary on America. And Reagan uh-huh. used it for his fucking presidency. <laughs> and it's just that's it right there cuz we we idolize Reagan and what he was. He was the, you know, like a true American president and we're still feeling the effects from his presidency. Um, I think in negative ways because we really hold Reagan in that high of a regard, but he's a fucking idiot because he was <laughs> born in the USA, which is not a, it, it's an anti-war song, you know, and it's just, that's my point is it, just, we just delude ourselves into these elements of what it means to be an American and what we think that means. And true, like grassroots blue collar American is, is just that. It's honest people who work their lives trying to carve out something for themselves and can barely fucking attain it. It, It's like that line. It's like that Pink Floyd line. Uh, You know, uh, most men or well, the idea of most men leaves lead lives of quiet desperation. It's that idea. And I think in America, when we talk about, you know, like grassroots, true American, it's that. It's people living quiet lives of desperation just Mm. trying to get ahead because we are the most capitalist country. And, you know, I just and it's it's just silly. I just think we disconnect from the true. I think we should celebrate all those things is my point is I think we should celebrate those people, but actually celebrate them. Trying to keep my lights on, trying to keep my family fed. Why do we not have a country that helps those people? We expect those people run America, but we give them mm-hmm. the least amount of things. I don't know. I just yeah, absolutely, man. And I told you at the beginning, know. like it was kind of hard for me to pick some albums because I didn't want to have. And honestly, the three albums I picked out all had the same underlying message. Um, you know, pointing out the flaws and trying to. Uh, you're basically struggling with the fact that, you know, our country isn't where it wants to be. And I was struggling to pick out an album that wasn't from that aspect. Even the Bruce Springsteen album that's, you know, quote unquote, the born in the USA, Chevy trucks, cold beer. Um, it's, right. you know, it's, it's, it's irony. <laughs> it was written tongue in cheek as satire. Um, and I don't know if I can name a single album that is pro-america um, i'm sure they're out there but it's an album that i don't think i would want to listen to because it's like you're a fucking idiot uh, <laughs> if this is if this is your opinion well, <laughs> yeah right i mean it's just yeah that would be kind of insane right writing like a pro-american album yeah. i don't know somebody did it uh, gordon lightfoot probably <laughs> or wait no he's the one who died sorry we're done with gordon lightfoot he felt john bad about denver, that. Sure. denver yeah he, he's Uh, (laughs) anyways no i hear what you're saying it would sound kind of ridiculous of just an album being like yeah america's great america's good and and i think what's so frustrating is that i could easily hear somebody listening to this episode and thinking like why are you saying it's not it's like well no i am 
but it's mm-hmm. complicated. It's just yeah. silly. You know, I think I think mm-hmm. nationalism yeah. is the issue. And and that's a love of your state over pretty much everything else. And I think that that's the issue is it's it goes from celebratory mm-hmm. to almost, you know, like America, right. like it gets a little I've made this same and, you know, I've made tyrannical. the same comparison on the podcast before, but I'm going to do it again because I, 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 I like it. Um, it's that. Uh, so, OK, I'm a homeowner and me and the wife are always talking about what what can we do to improve this place you know right now we're working on uh kind of uh making the patio a little cooler to hang out so when you guys come you can enjoy it and she's been putting a lot into work a lot of work into that into the garden and we've been cleaning up so when we have people over we can be proud of it it doesn't mean we hate our home it means that we just want it to be better i love my house i love my country um and then another weird thing is um so I uh, every Thursday I go out to Mission Barbecue um, with some guys from work. So I eat barbecue every Thursday, and Mission Barbecue is kind of a uh, veteran-friendly place where they have these uh, um, uh, pictures of uh, veterans and stuff all over. Um, I think it it must have been owned by like a veteran or something. But um, every day at noon they play the national anthem. And so if we're there, if we're there at noon, Mm. you have to everybody in the restaurant, including the employees, stand up. They play that there's a flag in there. Everybody, you know, puts their hand over their heart. It's kind of a weird thing that I haven't really done since like elementary school. Um, And the fact that I, you know, I I was just thinking the last time I was there and we had to do it, I was kind of looking around the room was like, this is weird, right? Um, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it, it, it felt cool to like everybody in the restaurant rallying behind this flag. Um, but I, 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 yeah, that, that sense of national nationalism is kind of strange still. I, I think, uh, I think that's a really good story because that kind of shows like, that's the thing is like, you're, you know, you're, you want to honor that. I, you know what the issue is? Cause it, you, immediately what I thought of was people that Ooh. wouldn't stand for the national anthem yeah. and kneeling at, at sporting events and and what that means but i think what's so frustrating when people um i have a couple of people i work with and you know they find ways to isn't it also interesting that conservative people find ways to just insert their fucking batshit yeah. opinion and every <laughs> I, I mean i'm not trying to shit on people that are conservative i'm just saying it's the truth it's just you find a way to bring it into a conversation it's just <laughs> like okay now i know where you stand Ooh. cool i guess you know Whereas I think liberal people, we don't sit around right. and pontificate about, you know, gun laws. Um, we make jokes about <laughs> right. it, but we don't. I don't know. It's not a Geneva Convention uh, every time we get together. But anyways, America means something to each American. And that is something different. And I wish mm-hmm. we recognized that more. If there's a group of people that don't want to stand for the national anthem and they want to kneel. I, okay, I think just sitting down is shitty. Like either do something to mm-hmm. protest it and and speak your mind, yeah. or just do it. Don't just like sit there. I think that's right. oh, that's stupid. You're then you're just you're just you know you're not really committing to anything. But I but I think that um, if there is a group of people that does not want to stand for the national anthem for their reasons, what you have to understand is as much as we love it all, right? The flag and everything it symbolizes and everything it means. At the end of the day, it is a flag. 
And at the end of the day, the same people that died to give us the right to stand for the national anthem also died to give us yeah. the right to sit mm-hmm. for the national anthem. That's a hard pill to swallow <laughs> for people, man, that are a certain side of this fence, and they don't like to hear that, but it's true. And at the end of the day, you have to wonder our intent. Well, I mean, it's hard. We have to acknowledge that people did die for our country and to earn it and fight for it and to have a country that we want to have. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow. I don't like that. Um, that's a hard feeling to have because uh, I feel shitty, you know. It makes me want to run off and join the military, you know what I mean? Because i, oh, I got to help my country. But in the same sense that... Freedom is interesting, right? Freedom's kind. Of, you're we only we only want people to be free as long as it kind of adheres to what right, we think they yeah. should be doing. When you really look at what freedom is and people and how they like to exercise that freedom, once it is contradictory to what Ooh. you believe in, then all of a sudden you don't want them yeah. to have that freedom, do you? All right, Scotty, get us out of here before I say something else I'll regret. Thank you guys for listening. Um, We will see you next time, and uh, have a good 4th of July, and uh, shoot some Roman candles at your friends. Oh, wait, can we do that when we're hanging? (laughs) Can we buy Roman candles and shoot them at each other? Uh, 100%. Because yeah, I've never uh, done it, but I kind of want to. Oh, it's great! Yeah, I've never actually done it, but I know it doesn't hurt that bad. So we need to get, we need to have like a Harry Potter uh, <laughs> yes, wand right. competition to shoot Roman candles at each other. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, we'll see. I don't want to get the cops called on us, also. <laughs> but anyways, take us, beam us up, Scotty. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, have a good Fourth of July. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Love you. I love you, Uncle Sam. Baby America loves you.